as many of you know, tomorrow is Slipper Day. And it's cause for great excitement. I think at many schools, at many workplaces, because people will come to come to work, they'll go to school in their slippers. And it's all for an amazing cause. It's to raise awareness. It's all about Reach for a Dream. And I'd like to welcome the chairman at Reach for a Dream, Mervyn Cerebro. He's in studio with us this afternoon. Hi, Hi Mervyn. Welcome. Thank you. The power of hope. We're going to talk to Dr. Jerome Krupman in a little while. But before we get to him, um, just tell us a bit about Reach for a Dream and how you guys are doing. Reach for a Dream is celebrating its 30th year, Katie. Uh, and and we fulfill... Well, that in itself is an incredible milestone. It really is you know, an amazing are, milestone. Our businesses that don't survive mm. 30 years. Many marriages don't survive 30 years. And uh, we... Are, are doing some wonderful things. Firstly, we're fulfilling between four and six dreams per day, every per day, day of the year, every single day of the year, um, Christmas Day included. Hmm. I knew it, you were doing amazing work. I just didn't realize it was so many per absolutely. day. Absolutely. Um, between four and six a day. And we've never not fulfilled a dream, which I remember sharing that with you many years ago, and and that record stands. So we're particularly proud of the fact that we've never not been able to fulfill a dream, regardless of its complexity. Mm-hmm. And and uh, every one of them is complex in its own way because the children are compromised. So even a trip to the top of Table Mountain uh, or to steer a ship at sea or to swim with the dolphins or fly in a hot air balloon – is as complex as as taking a child to Disney, for mm-hmm. example, or meeting Ronaldo. And uh, we're proud of our standing as an NGO. Um, our, our brand integrity is is marvelous, and and we have a tiny team of very dedicated people and uh, a large contingent of volunteers. And we don't only fulfil dreams, of course, albeit that that is the the nucleus, that is the fulcrum of what we do. We have a number of other activities and just our Jabulani entertainers who work primarily with mime and face painting and balloon characterization uh, and magic because of the language potential barrier. Mm. Uh, And there alone, we touch the lives of 30,000 children a year. That's outstanding. Mervyn, in terms of your involvement, I do remember that conversation we had many, many years ago about a dream never goes unfulfilled and your personal pride in the work that you do. In in the past few years, what has been your most moving moment and the dream that you have possibly been proudest of? Katie, I'm not going to respond as you want me to because every dream mm. is so important. And to see the joy on every child's face Yes, our beautiful little boy who went to meet Ronaldo and who was jumping up and Mm. down in the stands left me with a permanent imprint in my mind. However, just to see a child compromised and in pain take ownership of a computer, a bicycle of their choice, or anything else. We once had a child who wanted a toaster. And we embellish that clearly. Yes, of course. Uh, but every one of those children is very special. And Professor um, Groupman will speak now on the subject of hope. And we've always believed, we've known in inverted commas, that hope is an integral component of healing. Um, but he will 
tell you that he has scientifically established that it is indeed a very important part of the whole process of recovery. Mm -hmm. So we're just proud of the fact that we instill hope. And if you extrapolate the numbers and consider that we engage with 40,000 children a year across the spectrum of activities and consider that each has a mommy, daddy, brother, sister, granny, grandpa, we're actually affecting the lives of hundreds of thousands of people a year. You certainly are. And in fact, you've given Dr. Jerome Groupman a very good introduction, Mervyn. And we're going to go to him because it's a better introduction than I could give. Uh, Doctor, thanks so much for joining us on 702 this afternoon and um, for giving us a bit of an insight into into what hope means for for young children who are compromised like this. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So, Doctor, tell us about your research, about the work that you've done into how something like hope and promise and positivity and what that can do for for young children. I think it does two things. Um, And it's something that I only began to appreciate as I advanced in my career, because doctors often think in very concrete terms and they think hope is fuzzy or soft. But it turns out that there are profound changes in the chemistry of the brain that occur with belief and expectation. When someone believes and expects that there's a possibility of improvement or there's a possibility of improving their lives, such as reach for a dream, that has major changes in chemicals that then percolate through the body and it's been shown with very rigorous scientific research that a number of diseases are actually improved ameliorated simply through that emotion so i think one component of hope that we as doctors should appreciate is that it has a physical effect on the people we care for and the second of course is that it helps people give um, um, it it helps those around them perhaps doctor are you with us yes yes I am something uh, interviewed that that for people with hope it gives them the strength and resilience to be able to endure what are often very harsh treatments I'm a cancer specialist chemotherapy, radiation, transplantation, all of these things are really extremely difficult. And hope gives the child the strength and the resilience to endure. And importantly, it gives the family strength and resilience to support that child. Mm. It's so encouraging for me to hear a doctor, and Mervyn, I don't know if you feel the same way, um, speak about something intangible like hope. Absolutely. I, I really love it because it's often so, and you alluded to it, Dr. Gripman as well, about it's, it's often just the black and white, the textbook. What do the blood say? What do the x-rays say? Show me something scientific that I can actually look at. But hope is none of that. Well, Dr. Gripman spoke last night to a group of, I think, 80 to 90 doctors, medical specialists uh, and the audience was very responsive he answered um, um, particular questions very deep questions and 
I looked around the room and it was honestly a first for us as reach for a dream and unquestionably for the country, mm. in my humble opinion. Mm. Dr. Gripman, have you found that doctors worldwide have responded to this? I think they do. I think that when it's presented by colleagues who come mm. from a scientific and rigorous background, that opens the door to considering how important hope is. And as I said, even though we often think of it as being intangible, in fact, every emotion has a physical effect on the body because the emotions are generated in the brain. And the brain is basically a mix from a clinical point of view of chemicals and electrical impulses. So if, you have, if you're anxious, there's a certain brain chemistry. If you're angry, there's a certain brain chemistry. And in fact, when you have hope, there is a brain chemistry. And that brain chemistry, it's not a magic wand, but it supports you. It improves your body function and then the spiritual aspect of hope, which may seem intangible, but to that child and to the parents and to the larger family, it is as palpable and real and concrete as anything else that's happening in their lives. And do you work with the, with, with the extended family as well and not just the sick individual? Because I imagine it's as important to everyone else in that family structure. Absolutely. And so... It's, it's very easy to despair. It's very easy to give up. And it's critical, and particularly for children like this, that the parents find the strength to support them. Uh, my wife, who's also a physician and spoke last night, we have three children. And it is almost unimaginable for a, a parent to think of their child, their loved one, with unconditional love, suffering like this. So in, in our work as physicians at Harvard, we look to the larger family and the support network to give them hope. And even if there isn't hope for a cure, like for many of these children, the question then becomes, what else are you hoping for? What are you dreaming about? Mm. And fulfilling that dream lifts some of the suffering and lifts some of the burden from the child, from the parents, from all of those loved ones. And of course, the minute you ask that question, what else are you hoping for and dreaming of? Mervyn, that's where you and your organization step right in. Precisely. So mm -hmm. one of our activities is called Family Focus. And there we put families together. And frankly, having lost two of my own children, Katie, I was listening now to Jerry, uh, Professor mm -hmm. Groupman, and he's quite right. You know, I said last night, it is the most indescribable pain, the loss of a child. And it's contrary to the very rhythms of life. So it's, it's so important for, for, for us to engage not only with a child, but clearly with a nuclear family and to help them to some degree through this pain. A woman stood up yesterday morning. We had a media conference yesterday morning. And when we'd finished, she stood up and she was quite emotional. And she said, I lost a child for whom you fulfilled a dream. And she said, it was a magical moment for my child. But we were given the strength as a result of that moment to cope with the pain that we endure every day for the rest of our lives, which is true.
Hmm. Kimberly, we see your call. We haven't forgotten about you. We are going to come to you if you've got any questions or comments, perhaps, for Dr. Jerome Gripman. He's a professor of medicine from Harvard Medical School. We've got Mervyn Cerebro in studio with us. He's the chairperson at Reach for a Dream. Then do give us a call, 8830702. You can also SMS us at 31702. You can SMS us, you can call us, we're on 31702, we're also on 883072. In studio we've got Mervyn Cerebro, he's the chairman at Reach for a Dream, and we've also got Dr. Jerome Gruppmann on the line with us. He's a professor of medicine from Harvard Medical School, and a fascinating discussion about hope, and giving hope to to patients with terminal illnesses. But, but doctor, I'd like to ask you about what you said earlier, how hope and other emotions create chemical reactions in our body. This, this is applicable to, to everything and not just patients who are terminally ill, but, but everything that we are feeling manifests in our bodies, surely. Yes. And it, it's very important. Um, there are certain conditions that all of us experience that can be markedly improved by this emotional change. And, and one of them is pain. And many people suffer pain from arthritis, from traumatic injuries in a car accident, from ruptured discs in the back, and so on and so on. And the chemicals that are released in the brain, some of them are called endorphins. You may have heard about it because runners get Mm. this release and they sort of feel uplifted when they're exercising. And so you can uh, benefit clinically Uh, not just if you have, as you say, a terminal illness, but from many different diseases, asthma, it's been shown, and a disease called Parkinson's disease, which is a neurological disease where your muscles get very stiff, it becomes extremely difficult to walk, you have shaking of your hands. There have been very rigorous scientific studies shown that belief and expectation, the core of hope, releases chemicals in the brain that can be as effective in certain people with Parkinson's as any medication that we as doctors have to prescribe. Mm, we, are, we have a flood of SMSs here, uh, Mervyn, telling us what amazing work Reach for a Dream did, either for them as parents or for people um, uh, they knew. And I think that's where you come in, in, just in terms of inspiring that level of hope. Maybe it's not for a cure, as Dr. Gruppmann says, but just for that promise of a bicycle, a toaster, a trip to the, um, a trip to the movies, or something perhaps more outrageous even. We have seen what, what doctors would describe as miracles. We honestly have seen on a number of occasions children who should not have recovered, recover, and go on and live normal lives. But you're so right in saying that what we provide is a coping mechanism. And I speak with parents constantly. I I bump into mothers who say that they've lost a child, but that they have these memories and photographs that really do help them, A, to cope, and B, in the knowledge that they made what might have been impossible possible. Alan is in Springs, and he'd like to have a word. Hi, Alan. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes, I I couldn't help but when I was hearing this on the radio, on the car, I thought I must phone in. Um, In fact, tomorrow it's nine years since we lost our little girl at the age of 13 to leukemia, and um, <clears throat> Reach for Dream helped us tremendously. We were, uh, she was at the little company of Mary Hospital in Pretoria at the time, and of course backwards and forwards between springs, and there was a lot. And um, 
uh, Reach for a Dream were very helpful when we had to stay in in Pretoria when she was um, suffering with infections and that, and that went on for 20 months um, before she passed away. And um, she was uh, here at Veritas College in Springs where I, both my wife and I and my son teach. And uh, she was a pupil at that stage. Um, the school has always been very supportive of us, and we still, because of her memory, continue to raise funds for Reach for a Dream. Um, when they have fundraising functions, in fact, the last year was also one that we did. Um, and it's purely brought to mind to everybody in, in this school with her memory, you know, just exactly what she went through and what we as a family suffered from. And, of course, the community of Springs, together with the school communities, were just such a tremendous support to us during that time, which possibly is what I'm sure it is, not possibly. It helped us get through the whole situation. Mm-hmm. But just like I was hearing, you know, a gentleman saying on the, on the radio just a short while ago, it's a painful experience every day, the memory. Um, Alan, so, yes. Alan, it's Mervyn speaking, and I just want you to know, my brother, I salute you. I, I understand the pain, and, and it is just something that we learn to live with, that we find a place in our heads and hearts for it. And, and, and whatever you do in your beautiful child's memory clearly will help to retain a sense of, of warmth and, and comfort. Yes. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for your lovely call. Um, nine years tomorrow, but I, I know you, you remember your daughter so lovingly. Dr. Gripman, a call like that from a father like that, um, it must touch you significantly because, you know, here's someone who still has hope for, reach for a dream, and, and, and who's keeping this, um, his daughter's name and memory very much alive. I think that it's so uh, significant that when you suffer a loss, which is so profound and in some ways feels so inexplicable, that what you can do as an individual or as a family is to um, give hope to others, to give comfort to others, to work to support in the memory of a lost child um, so that others who are in the same situation, some of that suffering, some of that burden, can be lifted and we as physicians what we can do is two things one uh, uh, in our in our research and scientific progress to continue to push and push and push so that new treatments are developed and that children in the future don't die and the second is that when we're dealing with a situation where we don't have effective treatment to be alert to and aware of the absolute central aspect of hope in the lives of the families that we're caring for. It's our job to partner with Reach for a Dream so that we can really maximize and completely encompass all the needs of the family, the clinical medical needs, the emotional and spiritual needs. Dr. Jerome Gripman, thank you so much for joining us today. Mervyn, Sarah Bro, thank you. Tomorrow is Slipper Day. You've both moved me tremendously. I take my hats off to both of you. I bow down to you. The work that you do is outstanding. It's Slipper Day tomorrow. Please support it if you can. Ten Rand wristbands, they're available at Pick and Pay and Wimpy Nationwide. And wear your slippers to work and to school.